Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Today, we are being tied up and being constantly persistent to sign a contract as we try and figure out what love is by watching Fifty Shades of Grey. We're I'm doing. James Fight. I'm... Uh, I just found out the grumpy one and uh, blow me is uh, our editor who is Aaron Salinas and below me is our chief archivist Kenny Madison chief archivist of platfilms.com we are still we're still we're still putting out an episode of shame watch a week that's mm -hmm. something my friends to be very proud of give yourselves a round of applause uh and finally our talented musician in residence uh the detective herself yep yep olivia slap and swat is also known as the lioness of shame watch pod i am on the prowl but i am willing to carry out my search for you know all that but without all of this entanglement stuff that we see in this film. What? What's possibly wrong in this film? We'll Happy birthday to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Gosh, I was so awesome. Happy birthday, dear Kenny. The chief archivist. Please to Flat Films. Uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday, Kenny. This is your birthday sode. Yeah. This is my birthday sode. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, what I'm glad is that uh, James and Aaron sang so much louder than the professional music. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> I, was, I was a little <laughs> off key, but, you know, it was all, all for good fun. I don't know what a key is. <laughs> I own keys, but that that's about it. Do you have uh, yeah. do you have keys for a playroom? <laughs> we're, uh, we're gonna touch oh on that. Okay. We're gonna oh my. go here. Here's my playroom. Enter open that door. How is that not uh, a meme? Door. That's my question. Actually, How is that not a meme? I don't uh, know. Since, since to add a bit of context yes uh this is my birthday episode and we could have talked about anything i strongly uh debated if i wanted to talk star trek with y'all but no i'm saving that and also i've already released a star trek episode this year that's true uh so i figure that's well-worn territory uh so i threw it to a vote to the panel at hand and it yeah. was one of three films that we could have chosen uh the first one being train wreck with amy schumer which i voted Jared. for uh great film i love that great film. Movie. uh and also feel a little bit of shame about that because people just don't like amy schumer uh period which is weird i i love train wreck uh the second option uh is still a secret i'm not going to tell the panelists what the film is in case that we do it in the future but the only requisite that was involved there uh was to watch it with people in their home and that was a little bit difficult to pull off for logistical reasons that we shan't go into 
And the third film, obviously, is the film that we are talking about, a film which I genuinely enjoy, Fifty Shades of Grey. That is the movie that was voted upon. That is the movie that I'll be defending today. And before I think we go any further, I think it's critical uh, that we sign the heretofore contract that I prepared in front of us. So, James, if you could go ahead and grab this. I'm just going to hand you this sheet of paper. All right. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, Aaron, just grab this sheet of paper. Here you go. Okay. Great. Uh, And Olivia, if you could go ahead, just grab, grab this sheet of paper. Here we go. Great. And and for people that are listening uh, to the audio version of this podcast, let me just read the contract out to you. Uh, the following are the terms of a binding contract between the archivist and the panel. The fundamental purpose of this contract is to allow the panel to explore their feelings about Fifty Shades of Grey and their limits safely. The archivist and panel agree and acknowledge that all that occurs under the terms of this contract will be consensual, confidential, and subject to the agreement and safety procedures set out in this contract. Panel will agree to any comedy bits deemed fit and pleasurable by the archivist, accepting those bits outlined in hard limits. The panel will not enter into any other podcasting relations with anyone other than the archivist. The panel will watch guilty pleasure movies regularly to maintain their open-mindedness to new perspectives, but from a prescribed list of films provided by the archivist. The panel shall always conduct themselves in a respectful manner to the archivist, and they'll only address him as Sir chief archivist or such other title as the archivist may direct the panel may not podcast the archivist without his expressed permission to do so the safe word yellow will be used to bring to the attention of the archivist that the panel is close to their limit when the safe word red is spoken the archivist's action will cease completely and immediately i have some amendments on page five mm-hmm um, there is no mention of gen- genital clamps. Is that correct? Is that was that was that just mine? Uh, yeah, let's double the mention of genital clamps. All right, gotcha. Just wanted to make sure that was included. More, more genital clamps. All right. <laughs> you wrote a contract. <laughs> I appreciate hey, the bits. Uh, I appreciate. So I'm, the bits. I'm going to need you to sign that and hey, get that back oh, to the bits. I, I have one one little um, revision. Um, In subsection C, I would very much like to have John Mayer's Your Body is a Wonderland playing in the background. (laughs) Thank you. Great song. It really is. It is a good song. It slaps. Uh, So if you could get that back to me uh, whenever you can, that would be great. Here you go. I already signed. Thank you. Here you go. I'm abstaining. What? James, <clears throat> consent. Consent is critical. Yeah, and consent means if you say no, you leave it there and you don't pursue someone. Unlike what Mr. Christian Gray does throughout most of this fucking film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you, you excluded that he's handsome. He is handsome. He's hot. He's pretty he's- hot. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, physically, sure. But what fucking personality does he... Oh, by Hold the way, I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay the money. Hold on. I'll, pay, Hold I'll, on. I'll give it. Hold I'll on. give it. Hold on. Because this this is a podcast that aims to promote positivity and celebrate the things uh, that might be a little bit uh, hard to swallow sometimes. Uh, and so let's attempt... Let's add some context. Let's figure out... What folds its history with Fifty Shades of Grey as a franchise? Uh, 
is because my my only attention my my only attachment to this franchise is really just watching this movie uh whenever it came out in i guess valentine's day of 2015 which i i saw it in the best way possible that you see any valentine's day movie which is completely alone uh oh, i thought you were gonna say tied up no it's alone in an amc barton springs mall oh where we saw cats oh, hey that's great <sighs> oh also that was an option but james immediately shot that down nothing, nothing but good memories at nothing but good memories at amc barton creek and that with that guy that looked, that guy that looked like james yeah that 40 year old <laughs> that looked exactly like me but didn't at all apparently olivia just doesn't look at my no i was tired uh-huh no i i i know where i rank on olivia's list uh Anyway, uh, can you please provide us some context to this? Well, I'm I'm asking you before we get to the context of why someone might feel a little bit of shame. Just what people's histories are with the Fifty Shades of Grey books, the films, uh, what have you. I have no no connection to this. Okay, so you had not read the books, you had not seen this movie before. Correct. Correct. Okay. Cool. Aaron, Olivia. So I had not seen this film the only context i have to this film is i put the spotify i put the uh, weekend song on my spotify that song haunts. it's a that's song. I, I will say the playlist in this in this whole entire film is great um but had no real desire i was in a relationship i think at the time um <clears throat> i don't think it was a healthy one but i was in a relationship at the time and yeah, it just kind of wasn't my cup of tea then. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I, whenever I saw it on the poll, I was like, not a huge fan of Amy Schumer. Going to vote for uh, Fifty Shades. Finally give me an excuse to watch it. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, also, the slow version of Beyonce is crazy. And yes. Oh, it's so, so good. good. It is so good. It's hot. Uh, Olivia? So I actually have seen this movie before. Great. I was in Los Angeles. I was interning for a small Hollywood news outlet. And my boss, Michael, uh, he's like this older gentleman. He was like, hey, Olivia, can you go ahead and watch this movie and review it for the website? Because I used to blog and then I would also do press junkets and and all that would be on our YouTube channel. And I go, yeah, sure. And I, at first I had like no real intention whatsoever to see this film because also like back then and even still a little bit now, but like, like back then when I was 22, 21, 22, I was a little bit more crude. Um, and so I was like, okay, sure. But thankfully I had some friends from the semester in Los Angeles program that I was uh, living with. And we all decided to go and watch this film. And um, I, I do remember we, even though, I don't know why we didn't just order drinks there, but I think to save money, we like, we all shared this thermos of wine, which now, yes. now in today's days, like yes. sharing a drink, yes. like with germs, it's not a good, it's long gone. It's long gone. Yeah, but, long, yeah, yeah. Gone, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey would be the perfect movie to watch with a thermos of wine. It was, it was amazing. And actually, it was funny because, like, I don't really, 
I remember how it ended and I remember like certain parts, but um, I didn't remember like a whole lot. And then I did see the sequel <laughs> because two of my friends from my job at the TV station I used to work at, they, we, we used to work like the overnight shift. And so we thought it would be funny to go to the whoop and holler viewing mm, okay. and so i ordered a big margarita and i was like i don't even yep. know what's happening i don't even care i'm just I, I was just i was just like in my in my zone in terms of just like laughing my ass off because it's it's really something but i never saw the third yeah. movie sure i i have not either seen the sequels either uh i i just saw this movie because i i think i just needed a uh waste time uh, and I think a podcast, I think the slash film cast was going to be covering it. So I wanted to watch the movie so I could listen to the episode because that's how I watch movies. I watch movies because I want to listen to podcasts. Apparently. Um, and I know that the books had been such a huge thing because I was, I was working at a bookstore uh, at the time, whenever those books came out and they were just everywhere. And it had a quick turnaround, didn't it? The, the, the movie from the book. Three-ish years um, from whenever they were kind of first published here in the U.S. to the time that the movie came out, I think. That, that's pretty um, quick. Are we all familiar with the history of Fifty Shades of Grey? It was a fanfic of Twilight. Twilight. Yes. Uh, originally titled uh, Master of the Universe from author... Uh, what is it? I got I to gotta get the author name right here. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I turned my phone off. Uh, gonna turn my phone back on. Aaron, cut this out. Okay. You're not gonna cut this out, are you? I might. I don't know. It's up in the air. No, Aaron, Aaron keep it in. Okay. No, Aaron, cut this out. Don't put me in the middle. The author's name, uh, on the fan fiction was Snow Queen Ice Dragon. Oh my <laughs> god. Which is the pen name of E.L. James, and E.L. James is the are pen you name kidding? for Erica Mitchell. And basically. Uh, this movie was, or rather the book was a Twilight fan fiction where they just eventually changed the characters from Edward and Bella to uh, Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele. Thanks, Tumblr. Yeah, thanks, Tumblr. Oh, Tumblr. And then Tumblr after dark. Quite the place. Definitely. This was, I mean, uh, it, it... I gotta say, for... I don't know what the pulse was at the time in 2015, but goodness, they they got the the author got really lucky. Yeah, extremely lucky to go from book to best selling book to saga to a film franchise. Uh, not just book, but like fan fiction book. Yeah, Tw and Twitter post, <laughs> Tumblr post. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from 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 a fan fiction post to a three movie trilogy where she has basically final say on what the movie is. Uh, she had so much creative control over the movie that it led to a very disastrous production Oh, um, where it would literally devolve into shouting matches between the author, Erica Mitchell and the director who was the director was trying to make the most of the source material. And the author would frequently put her foot down and go, no, and eventually the director, and I believe the writer of the movie as well, uh, left due to creative differences 
so they did not work on the second and third movie. Um, yeah. Wowza. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of baggage attached to it because it's, I mean, it's popular reputation. is just as a smutty uh, wine mom romance novel. Uh, and it caused a fair amount of negativity coming its way, including this negative review from one Bob Grimm of newsreview.com in a segment that uh, is affectionately called The Context. Context. Uh, the review is titled Dumb and Substandard by Bob Grimm. <laughs> Oh, that's, man, that's, that's, a, that's a critique perfect. of uh, most of the guys I've dated. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, in the review. So I've seen a lot of people reading Fifty Shades of Grey these last few years. It's been impossible to avoid, and that virus has now spread to movie screens. While I managed to avoid the book as if it were an ill-tempered grizzly bear infected with Ebola and brandishing a shotgun, the cinema now beckons, so off to the red room of pain I go. Mousy college student Anastasia Steele, Dakota Johnson, who is so innocent she doesn't know what a butt plug is, goes to Seattle to interview billionaire business guy douchebag Christian Gray, Jamie Dornan. Gray's offices are immaculate and riddled with fancy pencils that have gray stenciled on them so that when Anastasia erotically sticks one in her mouth, it's sort of like she's sucking on Gray's dick. His psychotic courtship eventually winds up with Anastasia becoming his prospective bondage slave. He offers her a formal contract that, if she signs, will allow him to be the dominant and her the submissive in a geeky sex relationship that will involve spanking, humiliation, nipple clips, and eating toast in bed. <laughs> when people aren't having sex in this movie, they talk in an irritatingly elongated manner. I love Seattle, but watching how residents behave in this movie makes me never want to visit the city again, even if the Mariners make the playoffs. On the subject of Gray's dick again, take note! Dornan signed a no dick whatsoever, sorry clause, so he never whips it out on screen. There's plenty of Dornan ass and Dornan chest and Dornan chin scar, but no Dornan dick! So any of you out there highly anticipating a chance to see some massive Dornan dick will have to score a real-life date with the guy because there is no Dornan dick to be found in this flick. The guy could be a eunuch for all we know. I saw Fifty Shades of Grey on a Valentine's Day late-night showing. I suspect there might have been some tug jobs and finger-banging going on in the theater <laughs> since it was the sweetheart holiday and, well, I heard grunting and snorting. <laughs> If there were various acts of covert sex commencing around me, I'm pretty sure they were a thousand times more erotic and genuine than the hilarious supposed sexual antics occurring on screen. I think we found the, the subtitle for this. Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> still no Dorn and Dick. Uh, this, this, one might, this, this one might replace the, the title that I had suggested uh, in, in the pre-show. Fifty Shades, 50 Shades of yeah. Red Flags. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I'll break the ice. Can I break go the ice? We got to save you for last. Cause now granted, I have no conceptions of what you're thinking, but I have a sneaky suspicion that you're coming in just like Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
so I genuinely like this movie. I non-ironically like this movie. I think that this movie is a good movie. Um, this movie is directed by a woman. It's written by a woman. Ooh. And I, as the source material for this is disastrous. I think even the most kind reviews are like the dialogue is rough and the characterizations are rough. So I found myself whenever I was watching this movie, super surprised that I actually really liked Dakota Johnson as Anna. Uh, and I, I, I do understand the criticism that Jamie Dornan is kind of a wet blanket, which that seems to be a blanket criticism, but I, I buy their relationship. I, I buy what he sees in her and I buy what she sees in him, especially coming from the perspective that she's coming from in this movie. Uh, and I, I just, I like it. And I think that it gets a bad rap because it's a movie about sex in the first place. What do you, uh, Olivia and Aaron, not James. James, you're going to get your own corner. So it might get a bad rap, but I know that millions of women who saw this movie probably got a good walk from, from watching it. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> so I had a tough time with this movie, if I'm being honest. Um, be hey, be honest. I will. This Thank you, Kenny. This is a place to share. This is a safe space. You have the ability to say no at any time. I appreciate that, and I know, and I know, I will. Taylor will drive me home whenever I so choose. Um, yeah, but I get it. And actually, looking at my notes here, it was about halfway down where i wrote he's so controlling question mark question mark this movie is very damaging exclamation point and then oh this movie isn't for me um which meant like oh i understand that i'm not gonna get it but i do appreciate some parts of this film um the, the soundtrack slaps the soundtrack, soundtrack. straight up yes. open with put a spell on me and on top of that, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, is actually in this. And I was like, oh, dude, oh, they're rocking St. Paul. And um, but and it's got we'll talk about it later. Um, but there was some parts where I was like, I, I I'm a little uncomfortable, but I think it's only because like I'm not that kind of um, Christian gray figure. I have a personality and stuff. But um, you I true. thank you. Yeah. So he's a very boring person. Um, and that bugged me. I was like, he's not interesting at all. Um, no, like, he's rich, though. He's hot. Yeah. He's James. Save it for the corner, James. Save it for the corner. <laughs> he is You're hot. Gonna, we're going to unlock the corner soon. All right. Uh, but I also feel uh, for, for the listener, James is just jamming two knives into his leg. Uh, Ricky Bobby style. <laughs> Don't put them oh man um but yeah and the only real problem i had because at the end of the day you know there was consent although he was very creepy and there was some stalking involved which i was not a big fan no. of and i'm not gonna Most lie definitely. i counted the misdemeanors in here he's at least gonna be serving three to five minimum or at <laughs> least 1400 hours of community service but um but as we've learned in the last four years uh if you're rich you can get and if you're white it's true exactly yeah, yeah. White, yeah. so uh, yeah and christian gray is white 
the the only real hiccup I was like, ah, they didn't answer that is she graduates from Washington State University while he lives in Seattle. That's a far distance to just drive there. And that bugged me from the very start that they're just making this quick trip, like in her little VW bug that she just drove out to Seattle. It's not going to make it. That's at least a three-hour drive. Yeah. That that was my only real hiccup because, I mean, at the end of the day, she did consent. And but it was very creepy and it was very weird. Was not a fan of that. I, and I'm not gonna lie, not to give you all a sneak peek into my love life, but I'm not a very dominating figure. Only because I'm kind of a big fella as it is. So I don't want to hurt people. My parents didn't let me join Pop Warner because they said I could hurt people because they were smaller than me. So I don't want to hurt people. So when he's like, um beating her with the belt i was like i don't like this and yeah yeah it kind of but some of the stuff not gonna lie kind of hot but um i i do agree with you there like uh i'm not gonna lie that lip line was pretty smooth what about biting the lip yeah i want to bite that lip so bad i was like that came out of nowhere like we didn't even get a egg white delight from mcdonald's what's going on here the uh, the moment after they first consummated, she I think uh, Christian is playing the piano, and she walks over to him and just kind of straddles him, and then he instantly picks her up and takes her yeah. back to the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. While she's sitting on it, that and it's all done in a wide shot. It's so hot. It was really hot. It was. I liked all the rope stuff. That was. You get uh, your own corner. Yeah, James, yeah, you get your own corner. corner. This is for- I haven't even talked yet, so. I- I'm curious about a female perspective on this because the whole time I was like, oh, I do not like this. <laughs> I mean, that that was definitely a thing that I was worried about uh, as well, just to keep talking over Olivia. Uh, because while choosing the review for the Rotten Tomatoes, or, or while choosing the review to read on the podcast, I... I it something that I noticed a bunch was that their Rotten Tomatoes is just littered with uh, dude film critics who are all like, this is silly, this is dumb, this is silly. And then there were a lot more female critics that I that I saw were like, this is actually good. Is it great? No, which is genuinely my feeling. This movie is not great, but I think that this is genuinely a good movie. Um, and so I, I just think that it gets a it's a bad rap because we as Americans are just uncomfortable with seeing sex depicted. Uh, and this is a movie for wine moms and wine mobs are a severely underserved demographic in films. Olivia, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're good. Well, thank you. So you're welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, this movie, I've had a lot of different thoughts, I guess, like from the first time I saw it in 2015 to now. I mean, when I saw it the first time, I'm like, Oh God, this movie is so stupid. Like, you know, my mom actually read the books and I was like, okay. Um, like she legit would read them at like the community pool uh, that we would go to every summer. And I was like, okay. So your, your mom liked the books? My mom liked the books. And she told me, she was yeah. like, if you want to see this, you know, the story is really interesting. And I go, oh yeah. You know, like, I don't even know. But again, at the time, like I was very much, I was more prude and I was very, I was a little bit more close-minded when it came to female sexuality and again that's kind of tied to just my upbringing and a lot of a lot of stuff but since then the lioness has emerged the last few years and 
I've been a bit more open-minded and, and understanding that we shouldn't shame women for wanting to seek pleasure. That's why I have an issue with people who criticize WAP, but they, they dig watermelon sugar as if they're not the same song, just from two different perspectives. And so I watched this movie again. I was still, there's some moments that are kind of cheesy and just like, oh no, like, Christian Grey has, again, 50 shades of red flags. This is toxic, girl, what are you doing? But at the same time, I had to, I had to place myself in her shoes in the sense of like, I've dated men who were maybe a little toxic. I didn't do any of the BDSM yeah. kind of stuff, obviously, but I've been in that position where I have kind of compromised my own values have been a little bit more codependent because I wanted to, I want to pursue, I wanted to pursue, you know, just this enigma. And yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So when she was calling him at the bar, kind of drunk, I'm like, mm, I've been there. And then that, that was genuinely, <laughs> that's hilarious. the best. That was my favorite scene then yeah. in 2015. And that's still my favorite scene. Uh, like she, she, she drunk dials it because the relationship has been running a hot and cold. Uh, and and she literally criticizes him for his his controlling behavior, which juxtaposing that against something like Twilight, where I I feel like the I feel like the politics of this movie, while still not great, are vastly superior to Twilight. Uh, Bella has no agency in the Twilight films, as opposed to here, at least in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, where it is so much about. Uh, being actualized and the the boundaries and pushing those boundaries in a safe way. Uh, that's that's not Twilight. And this movie, which is is lumped in with Twilight so often, I feel does it so much better. It it does, and I think that I was telling my mom after I saw it the first time. I go, I actually I finished watching the movie, kind of wanting to know what happens next because mm -hmm. you see Anastasia kind of holding her own. And putting, you know, a stop on things that she's not comfortable with. And then learning the backstory, too, about Christian. Like, understanding, like, yeah. why he is the way he is. And watching it again, like, this morning. And having to just hear that part again. I was like, oh, uh, child abuse. Great. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's not great. Like, that's... It's it is up. messed up. It, yeah. it glamorizes the whole Mrs. Robinson vibe, but he said he was 15. And I'm like, um, yeah. at least in the graduate, Dustin Hoffman's character was supposed to be like a college graduate. Yeah, no, that's, that's a genuinely disgusting thing uh, as part of the movie that is also completely glossed over. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, is anyone else picking that up? Picking what up? that rumbling from over there in the corner oh do that you, do you guys that do you guys hear that rumbling in the corner that that's that soft grow, growing growl yeah uh oh geez uh, hold on uh let me walk over and open the door from the corner uh aaron put in a door sound effect okay <laughs> I hate this movie so much. I will pay $30. I don't care. This was the hottest garbage I've 
ever seen in my life. But yeah, you admit it's hot. We watched so many worse no, movies. No, no. <laughs> yes, Aaron, some scenes were hot, like when they tied up. Uh, that was great. I, I'm a big fan of that. Go do it in a safe manner. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec. But Kenny, I would much rather, much rather watch um, uh, The Living Wake five times over than watch another. You're movie. high on yourself. No, no. This you is... would rather watch Euro Trip than this movie? Yes. Euro Trip. Oh, oh, that robot movie... is better than this entire movie. A movie which is so misogynist and is so mean to women. Yeah. So mean to anyone of disabilities as opposed to this movie, which is genuine. It's, it's told by female filmmakers that is about a woman that is genuinely testing her own sexual boundaries and is now, trying to express with that a way. healthy partner. She's going to so messed up. No, he's no. not a healthy partner. I agree with that, but also like it's, it's the conflict between those things. They're both learning how to negotiate to have a healthy relationship. I, Listen, listen, first off, you, if you want to engage in a relationship, make sure you're emotionally healthy. And you know a way to do that? Go to therapy. You know what Christian Grey can do? Go to fucking therapy because he's so wealthy. He needs that. You know what they never mentioned? He needs to go to therapy badly, but yeah. he doesn't because uh, he his therapy in his mind is... Uh, entering these uh, uh, safe relationships with these women, but really, he's just taking out on them. And No, he's also cool. got a pilot's license. He's also, yeah, he's also got, got a pilot, pilot license. Yeah. You're right. You're he flies right. a glider? And listen, I'm all for uh, women exploring their sexuality, Hell yeah. of course, yeah. but like, uh, do that with someone who can actually treat you like a respectable person and not just a fucking object, like Christian Grey does. Like, uh, talking about um, boundaries and what pleases you in uh, a sexual way should not have to be a negotiation contract like that. It should be an open dialogue that you both have respect and understanding for one another. Not this straight-up business meeting that they hold. Which Except that she's the one that calls for a business meeting. Great! Cool! <laughs> I don't... He repeatedly says... You don't have to do this. We can quit any time. Yeah, and then he persists to pursue her and bribe her. He's like, her. did you because sign the contract yet? Did you sign the contract? Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. He gives us falsehood of consent, which is not actually there. He says, oh, I'll respect your decision, but he never actually does. Because I just, he, I he think bribes that, her I... with gifts. He buys her a fucking car. He fixes her laptop, and it's not out of the kindness of his heart. It's a uh, intentional tactic to get her to say yes to the contract. Did you not pick up on the line where he says giving rich gifts is my love language? Yeah. Did you not miss the part where he's a controlling fuckboy? Of course I, I, I saw that, but I think that you're not... You're, you're removing so much of the actualization that Anna has in this movie. Because so much, and one of the things that I am so attracted to about this uh, is... The the consensual, like he's picking up on her body language, and and, and Dakota Johnson is playing it, and, and and the direction is is playing it to where she is like excited about the boundary pushing as well, and he like he genuinely is concerned and wants to make sure that all of this stuff is the is is on the up and up 
with her. Uh, and, and he definitely crosses a line at the tail end of the movie, which is why Anna storms out and says no at the end, because that, that line has been crossed and he, he crossed it. But at the same time, like she's testing things out and she's, she's also messed up by, by a lot of it as well. And the movie gives that stuff room to breathe. Is Christian a perfect character? No, but I, th- there is an interesting push and pull between those dynamics that I think is is very interesting. The biggest thing that irritates me is that it feels like it glorifies toxic relationships, which people do not need to see. Certainly. Uh, because there, she is constantly, yes, she has agency, but she's constantly defending herself against this person. Yeah. And then she ends it at the end of the movie. Now, granted, I'm only taking this as just a single part. I refuse to acknowledge those other two parts because this is just one movie and it tells a story of a woman setting her boundaries and going, no, finding her own kind of strength and sexuality. I I will say the the part that kind of, two parts kind of irked me um, besides the whole two different cities, yet it took a 10 minute drive. Um, <laughs> which to, to be clear that's the most offensive part to you it really was I was like Washington State is pretty far from Seattle like I'm Seattle. N- not a big fan of that but anyway um, at at the end when she says no and he's kind of stopped in his tracks it kind of comes off and, and what I will say is kind of tricky about this is I saw this post me too yeah. So there, you know, I, I feel like our world is vastly different currently and, and, and rightfully so. Like, you know, consent is absolutely the most important thing. And when she says no, it almost seems like at the end, you're kind of led to believe that's all she had to do. And, and, and that's, you know, all of this would have would have been over. So it kind of, to me, it kind of made her look like kind of make it look like she got herself into this mess kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did anybody feel that way? little yeah. bit that's that's why i think it glorifies the toxic relationship they have. i do have I, yeah and go ahead, go ahead no i was gonna say and, and to me it just kind of made it like that was the only thing where i was like uh, is there gonna be something else and then it just ends and i was like oh that's it oh okay um yeah the ending feels so so strange it's not it's a cliffhanger as well yeah but but it works and it's i don't that that's the one thing where I was like, ah, it kind of feels like it's almost victim blaming. Wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah. Um, and the the sexual abuse, of course, like that just kind of and emotional. Oh abuse. yeah, right. Yeah, it, the emotional abuse this sleaze bag puts her through is yeah tremendous. And it's it, bad. I I I hate this. I hate this with every fiber of my being. I'm also I'm also worried because I also have this tendency to stick up for things uh, that I think are vastly underrated, uh, and I'm I'm worried I'm compromising my morality in favor of just trying to be arbitrary and different. But just I'm I'm just thinking about this movie and what it also represents, which is a especially in American society, the fact that this was a blockbuster and this is a movie that shows pubic hair, which I don't know. If oh, yeah. <laughs> they had Usually what happens 
is is if you show pubic hair, that's pretty much automatically an NC seventeen. Oh wow! Oh, I didn't know that. Not know that. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that this was able to come out. Well, if your movie gets slapped with an NC-17, it's outrageously difficult to get distribution. So the fact that Universal was able to probably work it down to an R rating with, and also have this movie about sex be a blockbuster. And also our society is so in regards to sex. And this movie is such, especially now where everything is pretty much revolves around superheroes and action movies. Um, and pre-established franchises, which Fifty Shades of Grey definitely is. But the fact that they're able to talk about that subject matter uh, is is refreshing to me. The problem with this movie is that it also has to be representative of so many awful things. This movie is not a perfect movie. This movie is not a great movie. I argue that this movie is a good movie. I think better than what uh, its, its reputation has been. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. Because it... it James is absolutely right. It, it it depicts toxic relationships and it kind of overvalues the that that kind of drama. Um and also that that is just like that's Twilight. I, I guess that's kind of a is that a YA trope? Is that yeah. say even though this movie is definitely not YA. Um I mean it's YA for wine moms. Of. Yeah, right. It is <laughs> YA for wine yeah. moms. Yeah. Uh, wine A. Wine A. Love um, it. Yeah, I do have um, one nitpick about this movie. Uh, as please. as a journalism major, this movie starts with an interview. She is interviewing Christian Grey because her roommate was sick. She's not even an, a journalism major. She's there for English Lit. And I don't know. It's just That was just handled so... I mean, I've, I've done some okay interviews but i expected like hey if you're in college you should be able to know how to like just talk to somebody communicate communicate i it was just one of those and then and then and then it was just one of those things too like the girl who was sick her roommate like girl yeah uh you you had one job like you literally had one job one job for real (laughs) but i understand that if she hadn't been sick uh, Anastasia would have never met Christian. So it's just one of those things, though, where I'm like, wow, I've never had an interview that ended up being this very toxic relationship. Very interesting. That's yeah. steamy. Yeah. No, yeah, all of mine have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the thing that stuck out to me is, as we all know in America, Herc and I were actually talking about this, if there's a warning label or a contract... There was usually a reason that got it to there. So yep. does Christian Gray has a case? Does he have a case on him? Does is he a sexual offender? Probably. That's an extensive contract. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't you, remember the second movie too much. You shouldn't I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to say this. Uh you shouldn't have to sign a contract to have sex with someone. Just talk to them like a person. And uh, understand both your boundaries there, and uh, don't play with their emotions. I I really hate Christian Grey. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. I hate what he stands for, and I hate that most quote unquote men are like that and see 
this guy is a cool guy. He's not cool. And we'll celebrate him. I yeah. know he's not cool. He's a piece of Yeah, crap. no, it sucks because, like, his aesthetic in terms of, like, the clean-cut vibe, I mean, that is kind of around my type, but not the, not the mm -hmm. disrespectful, like, toxic, right. you know, misogynistic vibes. So it kind of sucks. Like, men, if you're going to look classy like that, act classy, be respectful to women. It is not hard. We've talked about this on multiple episodes I love that you like to take care of yourself, but really don't, don't, uh, just. Yeah, be like Bill Hader in training. Yes. 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 Bill Hader's great. Good uh, person. I love him in Trainwreck. But we're not talking about Trainwreck. We're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, the greatest film of all time. I'm going to die on this hill. Uh, okay. Sorry, buddy. This is the I'll greatest the, film. I'll There's be on the no opposite hill. There's no better film. Yeah, the two hills. Uh, Bowling Green, yeah. That's right. I'll show y'all. We, we saw a lot of uh, Dakota Johnson's hills in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah. I, was I, I, was, I was genuinely upset by the lack of Dorn and Dick because it's, it's a completely <laughs> It's so one-sided. There was, yeah. it's so there was one -sided. that one shot where you can kind of see like his like pubic hair, and then that was it. I'm like... I'm like, yeah, I'm, there's like, I'm like, there's no, they spend no peen. And then you saw more mm -hmm. Ben Affleck in Gone Girl in that shower scene than you did of Jamie Jordan. So, yeah, yeah. It's like, if you're gonna, listen, if you're gonna make <laughs> a sex gonna, movie, yeah, showed some dick. Cause, show dick. like, show dick. People want to see dick. And that just adds, adds to this fucking film and how they, um uh just show Anastasia as an object. I because and that's also how Christian sees her. Yeah. Uh it's totally one sided. And also the MPAA has a disgusting thing where they are super uncomfortable with having men be objectified or or rather showing men's genitals. Uh there's a thing that I read back in college in my movies of masculinity uh class that talked about the melodramatic penis. Uh, Run with me on this one. This was no. an academic paper. I'm on board. Uh, which says that anytime that a penis is shown, it's either completely changes the game or is a huge punchline. Like I'm thinking of Walk Hard, uh, mm. where there's a huge laugh line because Dewey is talking to a dude and all you see of the other dude is a penis. I'm thinking of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, I was Jason, just about to bring that one. Yeah, he... Where Jason Siegel shows his penis and it's a huge laugh line. Uh, thinking of The Crying Game where you find out, spoilers for The Crying Game, a movie that came out in 1991, uh, where you find out uh, that one of the characters is actually, uh, a, a, is the term transsexual? Uh I believe uh, I, I don't. I don't. Hermaphrodite. She she is she she is a woman with a penis, um, and it's it's revealed in a melodramatic way and completely changes the relationship uh, with the characters. Like the penis changes everything. Oh wow! And it's it's penises are always treated like the most important thing of anybody ever, and so the MPAA has a really uncomfortable relationship with just. Showing a penis, does that justify it? No, that's, it's, it's gross and a bad double standard because you can have these long lingering shots of Dakota Johnson. Uh, you see pretty much everything mm -hmm. and that's fine, but you can't show uh, Some penis. Dick. 
Uh, although I don't, I mean, as the review that I read earlier stipulates that uh, Jamie Dornan signed a clause, which he's definitely uh, welcome to do that mm-hmm. and, you know, not show his genitals for the titillation of other people, but at the same time. Yeah, but did Dakota Johnson get the same? Yeah. It's it's a gross double standard. You know, it's funny. So did y'all know that Charlie Hunnam was supposed to be Christian Grey? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now that you met, I remember he was supposed to do that. He was also in the talks for The Flash, which they were kind of like making making contributions of like, ah, oh, that's funny. I wonder if he's, he's going to flash us in Fifty Shades. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Think that. I mean, J- Jamie Dornan is not great in this movie, but I think Charlie Hunnam might have been worse. Yeah, like there was a lot of like backlash because I guess in a lot of the readers' minds they pictured somebody who would look like Jane, uh, Jamie Dornan. And that's yeah. that's kind of uh, having not read the books, it's kind of who I kind of pictured as well. Yeah. So that's really interesting that they casted Charlie first and I think they he backed out of it because of like scheduling conflicts or something like that, but yeah, I agree like Christian Grey, his character is, like you said, a wet blanket. I mean, a wet, a wet yeah. blanket. But he, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know what she saw in him besides the fact that he's rich and, and all of that. And ripped. But at the same time, like, I, like I said earlier, like I had to kind of give her character a little bit of grace because I've been in that situation where you kind of overlook some of those character flaws because you're yeah. so encompassed with like what's in front of you and like the possibility i i i think i would be excited by that experience that someone would desire me that much and to me it seems to be making sure that i am along for the ride at all times and is on the surface yeah, because he definitely has issues for sure. Um, and that, to me, is is very exciting. I can see the fantasy aspects of that. I can I can buy into that. Is the performance there? No, but I I'm I'm making the buy in. I'm making the buy in. I mean, yeah, like being sought after like that is definitely feels nice and can be very like drug like. But, like, this movie should have been a horror movie because what he's doing is horror. It is. And if they framed it in a better way instead of, like, this is what love is, look at it, uh, it should have been a horror. Like, this is what men can do because they're terrible. Yeah, and, and, and I will kind of, like, kind of backing up, backing up with what Olivia is saying, you know, I, I do have to give her a little bit of grace because chances are this is her first adult relationship Mm -hmm. and at that point you know 21 22 you don't know what love is and you don't know what passion is and you kind of you know combine the two and sometimes they're not and you know you don't want to you know you're also exploring at the same time so i totally understand now i will say if the sequels turn it into a thing where she becomes where she becomes in control that's the only way I think you can go from here. Like where here's the dominating, you know, machismo style. And then she becomes like, no, I'm in control. And then he learns to like it. And then they build a relationship that way. 
okay but like at the same time like yeah like i have to give her a little bit of grace because i was you know i didn't know how to love or what my love is and you know i'm still growing and learning i don't know you know how you know what i want and you know how to effectively communicate that to a partner it's tricky yeah. but at the same time i do see where james is coming from it, it is a very especially from a male perspective you know a, a left-leaning male especially i think we all got like I, i'm uncomfortable this this yeah. woman hasn't fully consent i haven't heard yes i think is what made a lot yeah. of us feel uncomfortable because heard no yeses and uh that that's still a no so All, yeah. also also uh when she finally did quote unquote say yes it was because he persisted for right. so long yeah and that's not it's okay. not okay it's As not okay you hear a no you stop end statement uh second i may have made myself unclear i am not blaming anastasia in the slightest she is the victim here like mm -hmm. it is all on christian oh Christ, yeah i didn't i didn't get that is... vibe from you james okay good um because like he is intentionally trapping her and taking advantage of quite literally this innocent woman because they even make her a virgin to like illustrate how innocent she is yeah yeah and he's he's like taking advantage of that yeah and i that's why i'm so angry and i hate this movie all the things that you're saying are correct. End yes. statement. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you for coming <laughs> next week. Dorn and Dick. Uh, hey, Dorn and Dick. Get it. I, I, all of all of that stuff that you're saying is correct. I think I'm I'm giving this way more slack because it's not. This is not a movie that is made by men. This is a movie. This is a, this is a movie that is made by women for women. As well. Now, granted, I, since I'm I'm coming in with my high, uh, I'm uh, white dude over here, uh, so I'm I'm coming in and going. But how would the target audience picture that? So what I could definitely what I could be saying could just be completely tone deaf. Um, and I think that it would also rub me the wrong way if this was directed by a man or written oh, yeah. by yeah. a man, uh, because then it becomes then it becomes a genuine problem because the gaze is no longer through the lens of a woman director and a, and a woman writer. It's now through someone that is definitely ogling. But be, because, because it's women that are in charge of this, that means that all of the decisions that are, or, or, or to be safe, a majority of the decisions, not necessarily all of them, but a majority of the decisions are made with intent by women that are crafting something that is for a female audience. Um, some, I forget what critic said this, but I, I really loved this, which is the focus of the camera is not necessarily on, it's, it's on textures as opposed to uh, what, what my sex brain responds to, which is, uh, pleasing visuals, pleasing mm -hmm. shapes, mm -hmm. uh, things that are hot, steamy, and sexy. Yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, using ice during sex, and and that, that was, was hot. Like it, they yeah. gave me a great idea. I saw, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm yeah. hello. <laughs> oh, and oh trying boy. to uh, trying to evoke those sensations. Uh, the the feathers. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
gently, gently caressing. Also uh, hot. Yeah, all the sex stuff, real hot. Well, most of it. All the passion, uh, passionate lovemaking was. I think we can all agree we went from six to midnight every single time that there was a sex scene. Yeah. Although I, you know, I was I was full. Although I do on. have to say again, the part like Christian Grey is an asshole because part of like the best. After like canoodling with with uh, your loved one, you should be able to cuddle in the same bed. Yeah, I, I don't yes. like this whole separate yes. beds thing. It's not. It's bullshit. it's bullshit. The best part is spooning at the end. Yes. From what I've gathered. Thank you, Olivia. To counter, to counter. What if Christian Grey is a snorer? It doesn't matter. I would have taken some uh, time uh, uh, you don't. You don't sleep immediately. What if he snores? What if he snores? I would just. What if he snores? But he snores though. Just taking some like melatonin or Ambien or whatever. Because I'm not gonna lie, I apologize. Like if I'm with a new partner, and like we get to that point in the evening after Olivia says canoodling, canoodling. Um, I I let them know. Just be like, hey, I I shake walls. So I, you know, it, it's not a snore; it's an experience. <laughs> yeah. I what if he like broke out his like s- sleep apnea machine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it'd be like. Like unless I'm at home, I'm gonna snore. Like. So I usually apologize to the lady, and then sometimes they're like, "Oh no, you got to go!" Like for real, because like I'm a light sleeper. And then sometimes they're like, "Hey, no, it's cool. I understand." Um, but yeah, it is a thing. I agree with Kenny on that. I know. I know. And that's I, why. I just, yeah. That's why I've always referred to Aaron from episode one as the Christian Gray of this podcast. That's Wait, no, that's true. Uh, but uh, you can still hold each other. You don't have to immediately fall asleep. Like you can just cuddle. Yeah, I it like depends that. how yeah. tired am I. I, I like also, I think I would be remiss to to not mention that this is a poor representation of BDSM. Yeah. In general. Yeah. And uh, and fetish culture as a whole, it it's yeah you know, yeah. That that's the other but, thing that angers me because like I like tying people up and being tied up. It's really fun. But like they make it like this. Ooh, it's this mystical thing, and I can only do it because I'm in pain. It's like uh, to to clarify for the listener, uh, James is currently doing this episode and really all of our episodes before in a yeah. gimp suit. Like he yeah. does it every oh, single yeah. week. Oh, I I have Which, to. I mean that that that, 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 that <laughs> do rag he has yeah. like the headband is actually a blindfold. It is. Oh, being blindfolded is great. I. I agree. For it. There were parts where I was like, oh, totally on board with that. The blindfolding, the cuffs, the it's just the domineering. Wearing, part wearing where I'm costumes, like, ah. like you know, oh. role playing. I want again role playing seems really fun. I haven't had a chance to do it yet. I hope my yeah. parents aren't listening. Uh, but it seems fun, but no one's game just yet. The thirst is real, my Not friend. Yet. Oh, I yeah. know. I'm right there with you. Uh, but it, it, because like, again, it goes back to uh, Christian is a broken person and he's yes. trying to fix himself through these actions, which you should not do. No, you should yeah. not try and no. uh, have anyone fix you. You have to fix yourself. And part of that is going to therapy. Uh, yes. keep saying that until I die because like, that's how you do it. And I think that's another reason why this movie really angers me is because that whole culture like aaron was saying like it it, they don't do it justice (sighs) i really hate this movie kenny i mean that's sorry that's the burden of represent no please have your own feelings we don't 
shame anyone for having feelings. Uh, yes, 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 I mean, yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad to have this conversation as well because I, I think, I think this movie gets a bad rap. And also, you're raising the right points because yeah. I, I certainly can't fight any of those points. Uh, they're all correct points. I just think that because the the pencil is in someone, is is in the hand of the demographic that it's meant for. I I think it means something different because it's, this is a fantasy. This is a fantasy. This is this is a fantasy of someone being uh dominated in the way that they want to dominate themselves that they want to be dominated by um it's it's constructed for that that's um, fair and and also i mean the problem with the bdsm in this movie is 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 the problem with lack of representation because i think this movie would also be a lot less problematic if there were just more representations of sex in movies yeah it, yeah it, uh and there's not because it's so much uh, it, it, it's looked upon so much more fondly in American society for someone to take a machine gun and mow down hundreds of nameless, faceless bodies. Yeah. Um, but showing, ending lives, but showing two people engage in, in consensual sex, regardless of this movie, for so many people is so much, it, it's so much more difficult for people. It's a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. For them, they're so much more uncomfortable with seeing a, a, a tuft of pubic hair uh, than Sylvester. Which, Stallone. by the way, is natural. Like we, yeah. as women, yeah. like have our own preferences. You know, we should not shame whether or not they choose to wax or trim or whatever regarding that area yeah. because we already get enough shit for it. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say, and put this on a T-shirt: we stand pubic hair. <laughs> I'll add it to our merch ideas uh, spreadsheet. Kenny, I, I think you do bring up some good points. Yeah, because if we've just had the conversa- conversation in film previously of just like, hey, it's it's fine to have sex. Like, it's a perfectly natural thing. Then yeah. this movie wouldn't have been such a big deal. Um, I, I, I do. Okay, so I might, I might be shooting myself in the foot, and this might be a hot take. But I think because it is a fantasy, and it is something that is, you know... Not, I'm not going to say impossible, but it is something that is is highly unlikely. But it is a fantasy. Um, it's kind of the same way that we can appreciate Demolition Man. Like, yeah, that society Fair. won't happen. That's not something that is, you know, Law and Order will, you know, won't end up like that. You know, although we could learn some lessons from it if we're being real. And, and, but, and yeah, know, we can oh, eliminate. Yeah. All the restaurants and just replace them. We have three seashells, and we can get rid. Exactly, (laughs) I was just going to say that. Like, we can't do that. So, like, I mean, if if we can be okay with, you know, like like Kenny said, Sylvester Stallone coming in and mowing down thousands of people, then I I have a tough time saying that you know this this fantasy is just too much because like some people are into this thing. Like some people want this idea of being, you know taken over and being you know dominated and you know what that's your cup of tea dog that that's your thing you like it that's fair yeah I, yeah. yeah this this obviously obviously i almost said ovulate uh this <laughs> obviously struck a chord with a good portion of the american population yeah. because it became it, it became an outright phenomenon uh and because we live in a misogynist society we were like oh women enjoying this book about sex tisk tisk um yeah it's it's a genuine problem and also 
it's 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 the burden of representation because the source material is super rough and this movie's politics kind just taken on themselves it, it it's 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 kind of rough but you bring in the rest of the context where who's in charge of the story um the context of where this is and how much how much this movie has to represent and it's 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 rough it's it's hard and it gets it, it gets an unfair shape um i know there is a film that was loosely based off of this is it 365 yeah, called- days oh yeah it was on netflix and that was like in the top yeah. 10 for a while apparently that is apparently what 50 shades aspired to be is what 365 mm. got correct like apparently there's a, a a wonderful sex scene within like the first 20 seconds oh i've heard that 365 is bad like real bad i i could be but wrong but i know there is one that like took over tiktok and took over twitter for a good while just because of of its take on domination and subculture hmm. uh yeah because as we said the bds this movie unfortunately has to represent all of BDSM because right. it's never been this wide before. Um, pun intended. Um, <laughs> James, talk to me about why this movie is so much more displeasing than Eurotrip because I, I, I find Eurotrip so much more repugnant. I can't articulate things. I'm too mad at this movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, Eurotrip isn't much better. Uh, <laughs> Parmy was just saying that to be uh, uh, using hyperbole. But um, I really just can't stand Christian Grey. It's very sure. much a personal thing because uh, I hate those type of people who yes. claim to be men but are really just children with uh, issues. And I don't, I don't like Amen. it. I don't like it. One Amen, point. brother. And I don't, I don't like that people are uh, glorifying that type of person. Yeah. Because then cool. it normalizes the relationships that people are in. And I'm not just strictly leaving it to women, but both men too. Like, like if you normalize that kind of thing, then someone in that position will go, oh, well, I should stay instead of actually saying up for themselves and be like, wait, this is fucked up. I need to leave. This person's terrible to me. Yeah. So I, I look at it at, at a larger implicate, like a, the larger message of what it can send to people, which maybe you're right. Maybe cause I'm a straight white man. I don't get it, but well, I could also just be a performative white liberal male right here and going look at how much of an ally i am because i think 50 shades of gray is good and that could be something that i'm genuinely just not aware of because i'm just that yeah. well i i don't i don't get that vibe um at all kenny um if anything I, I am i'm hopeful because as as you know 2020 and and like continues and just like within the last few years really we since me too like we've seen women speak up about mm-hmm. past abuse and and women encouraging each other to define those boundaries to stick with those boundaries we've also just being a being a woman 
um, just celebrating sexuality in, in any kind of form. Uh, you shouldn't be ashamed for wanting to have that same kind of pleasure. Again, that goes back to my argument about Watermelon Sugar and WAP. Both of them are great songs. But when you have, you know, Megan. What is Watermelon sh Sugar? Yeah, I also I don't, don't know. I don't know what this is. I know what WAP so is. So Watermelon Sugar is, uh, is basically a metaphor for cunnilingus. Oh. Yes. Which, gotcha. you know, like. I'm not. I'm not going to shame. Yeah. I'm not going to shame that. So, but the thing was, people. We were like, oh, Harry Styles, like you know, cute white guy singing oh, watermelon sugar. It's a Harry Styles right. song. Yes, and oh, it, it is a bop. It slaps. I get it. It now. slaps. I'm, I want to do a mashup of that and a and another really popular song. But when WAP came out with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, like everybody's like, oh my gosh, like you have you have like all of the conservative politicians speak out. Just like, oh my god, like fuck Ben Shapiro. Yeah, these these women need to go to church. And I'm like, I'm like, for me, I'm like, you know, I'm a Christian woman. I think that song's kind of catchy. Like, you know. And then I was like, secretly, your wives are probably also like digging it too because they know they're not getting anything yeah. from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. my whole point being like. I feel like since the Me Too movement, especially, there's been such an uptick in encouragement and, po and possibility for women to be able to have those things. And so, and, 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 and to be more self-aware that, that situations like this one in Fifty Shades of Grey are fantasy. The, the, fa the fantasy aspects being, you know, that you have to, you have to submit to this and and all that. I mean, again, if that's your thing, great. Like, that's great. But like the whole, like the toxicity of it, you know, and I think, mm -hmm. at, you know, we as women are pretty self-aware <laughs> of what's healthy and what's not. And then, you know, we, a lot of us, I can't speak for all women, but I know for me, like I've been in situations where now having been out of certain situations for a certain amount of time, I get perspective. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see why that was uh, not smart. And, and I can't be too harsh on myself either because that's a learning experience. So uh, we can't shame women as they're going through that either. We have to instead reach out and be like, hey, you know, this, this may not be right, but let me know how I can be there for you. Yeah, I, I think what really hurts this movie, watching it for the first time in 2020, is the fact that we're really sick and tired of the straight, white, hetero male that's stripping with affluenza get away mm -hmm. with things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to see that is just like, like, God damn it, I'm, I'm really sick of this. So I totally understand, like, if you watch this film and you're just like, I know this is... I do not like this 100%. And I'm going to say part of me agrees with you. But I like part of me is also like I understand that it's a fantasy and it's a story and it's not for me. In the context of a film, I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. In the context of, of Christian Grey, we wouldn't hang out. Like I was really hoping whenever he's like, you want to see my playroom? And like he like unlocks it. Like I was going to see Funko Pops and like steal Blu-rays. Like I was really hoping yeah. for that. But Ooh, honestly, that that might be worse because he's just indicating that he might be 
Oh, shoot. A dude, person that does like Blu rays and Funko Pops, they might be a secret misogynist. You're not wrong. What if, what, but <laughs> what if he's like, you know, here's my playroom, and then he opens it and it's like, uh, it's like the McDonald's play place or like, like, a, like a ball pit, like, Just a ball pit. like the plastic oh, balls. I mean, you're still like seeing some balls there, but not, yeah, not, yeah. not the balls. That Finally, some balls. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's critical right. to get some ball play. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It really is. Well, uh, Aaron, uh, I know that you really didn't like Christian Grey, but there is, I think, an Aaron's boy in this movie. Oh, oh, let me tell you, there's an Aaron's boy. <laughs> Good old Max Martini. And trust me, if there's just some rando Aaron boy, I'm going to find it. Max Martini is most popularly known from uh, Pacific Rim. So they were shooting for Charlie Hunnam, but they ended up getting Max Martini. Um, And yeah, definitely an Aaron's boy. You hear the way that driver talked? Big fan of voices. And Max Martini (laughs) has got a good voice. Oh, good. uh, if, If I... I, if he could narrate my 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 navigation, I'd totally be cool with it. Hell yeah! And there was also uh, Marcia Hardin. Oh yeah, Marcia Gay Hardin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Marcia yeah. Hardin. Love her. Queen. She's she's wonderful. But yeah, Max yeah, Martini. He might have had twenty lines the whole movie. Still a big fan. So we've got two Aaron's boys. One being Max Martini, and the other one being Marcia Gay Hardin. Yep, both great voices. Both great voices. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, let's see what the voices are from the critical consensus by playing the podcast's fourth favorite game, Rotten Tomatoes Game. The Rotten T- Tomatoes Game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. Uh, going to be asking for two numbers, and our panelists will have to guess what the percentage is without going under. Uh, starting with the critical score out of 280 critical scores, uh, starting with uh, Mr. Fight, what do you think the approval rating is for Fifty Shades of Grey? 43%. By Sam Taylor Johnson. 43%. Why 43? I still think some people liked it, but majority, based off that review, I don't think most reviewers liked it. Uh, detective. I'm going to have to say 36%. 36. 36%. Okay. Uh, Mr. Salinas. I, I did not think I was going to be the optimistic one. I'm going to, I'm going to say 72. <laughs> I, I think it's not a bad movie. It's got a slap and soundtrack. Yes. It's got a plot hole of three hours of a trip that I do not know how she took so quickly, but it it's not, terrible i don't think i mean it's yeah uh well aaron uh, critics vehemently disagree with you olivia is closest without going under the correct answer is 25 oh Oh, yeah olivia nice whoa okay i'm off (laughs) i think that's just because there's a whole bunch of film critics on rotten tomatoes that are just big misogynists um not wrong yeah, but the audience could be telling a different story, Aaron. So you might have a chance to win it all back. Out of eighty-three thousand seven hundred thirty-one audience rankings, 
Mr. Salinas, what do you think the approval rating is for Fifty Shades of Grey? That was a lot less than I initially thought. I was like, there's got to be two million at least. Two million. <laughs> um, One day we'll, we'll beat that too fast, too furious. Exactly. <laughs> That's insane. It's insane how many audience reviews there are. Well, how there. many were there? Uh, 30 million. <laughs> and let me tell you, mostly good. Uh, Oh, for, I love for that. the listener, uh, Olivia's dry heaving. She can't believe uh, yeah. too fast, too furious. Got so oh, many. Because he hungry. Because because he hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the name of my sex tape. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna say. I'll say seventy-five. Seventy-five percent. Now, Aaron, that's higher than your previous number. Did you know that? Yeah, because I think more people, I think the general audience liked it. But I also think they were the same that was like, uh, no, she was she was enjoying that sex. Not a big fan of that. That's all I got to say about that. Right Only man can enjoy the sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that a smile while they were doing it? Not a fan. Not a fan. I hope that there was one redneck that was doing that the entire <laughs> time just... This sex is lasting way too long. Just, just, just he's got up. Unrealistic. And, and he's like, "You'll, I'll be damned if I'm going to watch a woman smile during sex." <laughs> Fuck that! You're not supposed to put your mouth on a woman's pussy. <laughs> oh, I love when Kenny goes blue. It's so rare, but it's so <laughs> at the right time. Uh. Speaking of the right time, Detective, this is the right time for you to put in your guess for the audience ranking for Fifty Shades. So there's only one score that I feel like would be fitting. Sixty nine. Damn it! I'm waiting for a blockbuster sixty nine scene. That's what the people want. That's Uh. what we need. The burden of representation needs to be on a movie that is successfully depicting a 69. They almost did it in uh, um, American Pie Book of Love, I think. No, that's Book of Life, produced by Guillermo del Toro. You're right. Thank you. Not the Tree of Life? I I forgot. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We broke Kenny. Uh, I love a good Book of Life joke. Uh, Is there any? Uh, Yeah, the one that you just said. Uh, Uh, Mr. Fight. Uh, 86%. Oh, whoa! People love this movie. People love this movie. Uh, Wow. Uh, Well, James, uh, the audience also vehemently disagrees with you. Olivia, (gasps) once again, is closest without going under. The correct answer is 41%. But there's three of them. How, There's three movies. Man, you know what? It's fitting that the lioness got this correct both times. That is true. Yeah. You know, you're into yes, with it. yes, I am. Absolutely. Uh, and Wait, before we go, what's the box office for this? Oh, do we want to make a this into a guessing game? I'm gonna guess Shit. it was 45 million. Domestic or are like. Both domestic and international. Global. Okay. Uh, domestic. I'm gonna say this is like Avengers. So this is just gonna end be- game, and I'm gonna say like 600 million. Uh, James says 40 million. Olivia says 600 million. <laughs> which I don't know if you know that, uh, but this is different, and this is just for domestic. Oh, oh, I yeah. thought this was domestic and global. No, sorry. I'm. I'm going oh, I'm doing domestic. like full. 
Okay. So if we're doing full, then I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll up it to one hundred and twenty. One hundred twenty. Uh, Miss Suarez says six hundred million. Four fifty. Uh, clarify one hundred twenty million. And yeah, one hundred twenty million. Uh, Mr. Salinas. Four fifty million. Four fifty million. Uh, Olivia once again is closest without going under. The worldwide box office for Fifty Shades of Grey, a movie about a toxic BDSM relationship, is uh, grossed $570 million worldwide. Dang, I am on fire. I guess $571 million. Damn. Olivia, you got that hat trick. I mean, are we really surprised? That's why it had three. Wow, Olivia, you got the rare three. Woo! <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. Uh, way to go. Uh, now, because you are the three-peat winner, uh, you will have to pick someone uh, that is part of the Zoom chat to donate to a charity of your choice. Now, granted, uh, James isn't in the room because he's firmly locked away in the corner. And, I mean, I couldn't play the game uh, because I was the one that was administering the game. But you could pick anyone else. <laughs> Uh, to to donate, and I mean, don't put the burden on yourself because you want the three things. I know. Uh, so Olivia, you pick someone in this chat, and again, James is anybody, player. anybody you want. I can't. So <laughs> anyone you I, want. I, I I will make my pick, but then I will also I will make an amendment to this contract. I will oh. I will say, um, Baron Molinas, but then I will also like to seek damages from for all the man like for all the men who have wronged me. In the last few years, they also must donate thirty dollars to charity. So, if you're listening to this pod, to that? you know who you are. Yeah, Eric. No, no, Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> I, took gonna... a, I took a gamble. <laughs> Olivia's oh. like, "Ooh, gross!" Noah. Actually, Eric. fun fact: no. <laughs> my, my, my parents said if I was a boy, my name would have been Eric. So, oh wow. Yeah, fun fact. Oh. Can I try another? Sure. Yeah, Trevor. No, but my girlfriends uh, called somebody who I dated Trevor after he wronged me. So okay. you're, you're okay. like kind of on the money. I'm getting closer. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting yeah. closer. We'll save that. Yeah, personal. No, we'll save this guessing game for the Patreon. <laughs> what? what? Personal. God. James, are you on the? Does your finger on the pulse for for male names in the United States? Like, like, yeah. from, from, from the twenty first century or like the fifteenth oh, century? Yeah, Chadwick von Buren. Chadwick von Buren. Well, gang, it's that time. Yeah, Ulysses. <laughs> yeah, Ulysses. Okay. Kenny said that one. Kenny said that one. And I was just oh. still laughing at it. Well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. 
finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Now, it's everyone's uh, favorite time where I quiz people. Rapid fire. Aaron, what's our $10 level? Fun stuff. Go. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, what's our $7 Behind level? Behind the scenes. Perfect. Uh, Kenny, what's our $5 level? Hot, sexy bits. <laughs> Great. And at the $2 level, you get our exclusive com- commentaries, uh, marathon episodes, and Shame Watch TV. And uh, your your cat's episode is finally dropping this month. Yes, James. Yep, it is. Yes, oh, it is. So my I did a commentary, a solo commentary on cats. You get to. Is this is so this excited. like the butthole oh. version or like the the ones where they had to like add? Uh, I don't know. They still they still had human hands. Oh God! <laughs> I got one with human hands, and I make y'all know. Um. It, it's a wild time. I honestly don't remember it. I went in sort of uh, blackout haze. I'm so excited. Of hate. I'm gonna. I'm, so I'm gonna excited. hit play on that. Uh, Kenny, you like this? Uh, I prefer cats to this movie. <laughs> and on that, I will start reading the names of the patrons. Wait! Uh, wait! With- wait! You're good with rope. Were you in the podcast? I'm gonna save mine till the end because I have one. But I want to see if anyone else took it. Uh, wait, sorry, wait, Kenny. Fifty Shades of Pods. <laughs> ah, that's good too. <laughs> Starting with Kenny Madison, Aaron O. Salinas. Wait, 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 James, you're going too fast. Wait. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I don't make love. I pod hard. <laughs> ah! Damn it! You stole mine, Olivia. You stole it. I sat on it and I was waiting until the end because it was a good one. I read my mind. Ah, now she's doing her victory dance. All right, I'll start this over. Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O'Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of Leander, Texas. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Mr. Smith, uh, Alan, uh, has a correction that he submitted to us. Oh, see so not in Leander. Uh, I uh, he has issues with something that we said on the podcast. Uh, James, can you give me permission to share my screen? Oh, yeah. Because I have an audio. Clip It'll be play. consensual, right? Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. You should be able to now. Okay. Were you just yeah. waiting until we said Alan's name? To yeah. do this? Okay. Absolutely. Whatever it is, Alan, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to stop this share because I have to share computer sound as well. Yes, that's correct. Beep, beep, bink. Here we go. During the recent Shame Watch episode 90, Copaganda and Rizzolian Isles, season one, episode four, with Paul Harrison, Kenny made the claim that Rizzolian Isles, quote, fits into that niche of cable TV show where we're like, oh yeah, that show does exist. And then anytime that you look at it on Wikipedia, you're like, how did this get 11 seasons? I've never seen a single episode of this. I have no problem with the existence of this category, nor with the categorization of Rizzoli and Isles into this group. However, 
Kenny's first example of this category is white collar, and I will not stand for this slander. White collar only had five and a half seasons before getting canceled. Apparently, shooting on location in downtown Manhattan is expensive and unsustainable. It was a delightful show about a con man's love-hate relationship with the FBI, and I easily could have watched another five and a half more seasons of it. So to answer Aaron's follow-up question of who's watching this? Me, Alan Smith of Leander, Texas. Thank you for your time. was beautiful thank you so much Incredible. Alan. that was amazing uh, I, I for one take this uh as a personal attack from you alan uh how dare you try and correct us we do our research we know what we're talking about therefore you've just declared we pod drama we, we pod drama hard I, uh, I i gotta say i did not think the Rizzolian isles episode would strike a nerve with somebody <laughs> but now that i think about yeah. it if any episode were to it would be the Rizzoli and Isles episode. <laughs> right. Look, Alan, if you're so bent out of shape about it, come on the pod. We'll talk white collar, I guess. Matt Bomer. That's the fucking hill hot. you're willing to die on. Matt Bomer's hot. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, he's I Ken get that. Magic Mike XXL. He yeah. does phenomenal oh, in the normal man. heart with, with Mark Ruffalo. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Also, mm. also really good looking in the TV show Chuck. Yeah, I forgot he was in Chuck. Yeah, he's great. Uh, anyway, back to our patrons. Uh, thank you again, Alan. That was wonderful. I love that. That uh, <laughs> I remember White Collar on uh, USA. Never watched it, though. Don't take his side, James. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging the other side. That's Yellow. All. Yellow. Fair enough. Uh, Alan, uh, uh, Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. And Nolan Barger. Of Austin, Texas. I, I changed it. I changed it to the correct thing. It's Oklahoma City, okay. Oh, he's Oklahoma City, okay. And then Miranda's oh. back in San Antonio because she is kicking ass as a student teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Miranda. Also, uh, I just wanted to say we're recording this the day after the passing of uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, yeah. True icon and revolutionary in the justice system. Just wanted to give a little bit of acknowledgement. We're recording this on September 19th, uh, 2020. Uh, day after her passing so of course uh, rest in peace rest in power and thank you for everything we promise to continue your fight madam justice until next time our watch has now ended dive at your own risk <laughs>